Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother J.W. Brand here at God's Whole Word. Amen. And, uh, you know, we've just kind of uh, had some things going on. We've gone back and forth, and, uh, uh, you know, we've had some illness and just different things that we've had to encounter. I'll tell you what, the devil's on the rampage, but I'll tell you what else. God's Spirit and God's power is still able to do. Amen. And so the Lord can uh, raise up and do whatever it is that needs to be done. And so I thank God that we are back here today. And uh, anytime that we have kind of a lull here, a little space, you know, uh, you can always go back to the archives and uh, look up other podcasts to listen to. Uh, and so I, I do apologize uh, for there being a break here for a bit of time, but uh, certainly uh, everyone can understand uh, life gets in the way sometimes. But thank God the Lord never changes. Hallelujah. We can lean on Him. And so without any further ado, before we even get into what we're talking about, we're here because the podcast is called God's Whole Word because we want to talk about God's Whole Word. Amen. We want to go to God in prayer. We don't, you don't want to be led to do nothing without the Lord helping you out. Y'all know what I mean? And so let's go to God. Dear Lord, we thank you for that Holy Ghost power that you said we would be endued with, hallelujah, from on high. And you told the people of God in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 that you shall be endued, you shall be endued with power from on high. And uh, it said, Lord, that they would not be many days hence be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And on the day of Pentecost, you baptized them with the Holy Ghost and fire. And we thank God that you've restored the church. And that you are now uh, continuing on and baptizing people once again with that Holy Ghost all the way from the beginning of this new uh, 19th century and on. And God, you're still baptizing people with the Holy Ghost, restoring the church of the living God. Hallelujah. And we are trusting in your spirit to lead us and to guide us. Lord, we know that, 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 that your spirit, God, it's got to be there. We've got to live for you and serve you in spirit and truth. And so we want to bring the truth of your word. What thus saith the word of God. And so, Lord, we're here. We ask you for your anointing that you move upon the lips of clay. And Lord, touch your my tongue with a coal of fire from heaven that you may use a cleansing word, God, to come out of my mouth to reach those that need to be reached in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. So um, let's just move on. Uh, we have been in Galatians chapter uh, 6, and we've been looking at uh, verses, uh, uh, let's see, we're going to go verse 16 uh, or 6, excuse me, chapter 6 and verses uh, 16 through 19, I believe it is. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head back there just a minute. We're going to go to Proverbs for a moment because I've got a little bit of a word that the Lord uh, wants to uh, share. But I'm going to go to Proverbs uh, chapter 6. I won't get this right here. All right, chapter 6. And we've been in verses 16 through 19. And the word of God says, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that uh, be swift, running into mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Those are seven things that are really at the heart of the things that God hates. And we have uh, went through 
several of these already. We've looked at the proud look, the lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, heart that deviseth, uh, uh, deviseth wicked, wicked imaginations. And we've been on the fifth one, feet running, sh uh, swift to run into mischief, running uh, to mischief. And, and we're not quite done with that. And uh, when we were talking about this uh, not long ago, we talked about a couple of things on a couple of podcasts. And one of them was uh, receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It gives you the fruit to bear. And as you bear these fruits, that as we speak about feet that run swiftly to, to mischief, that the Holy Ghost would stop you from doing that. You see, the fruits of God's Spirit would stop you from doing that. Number one that we uh, looked at, of course, was the fruit of temperance. Uh, we looked at that uh, one week. And, and you know, uh, that, that, that's a thing because when people uh, don't allow the Holy Ghost to control their temper, and some people say, well, you know, I, I, I just control my temper. Ba, 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 ba. Listen, uh, listen, you, you really can't do nothing of the sort without the Holy Ghost. You can't truly control it like you need to because a lot of times, even when you, you, don't, you know you're not baptized with the Holy Ghost and you think you got control, you can still say things that you may uh, not realize has really done some damage, you see. But, uh, you know, this thing, this fruit of the Spirit that is called temperance, you know, it's real simple. You know, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's a, it's a gospel of simplicity. You know, people make it so hard. There ain't no sense in that. You know, when it, it says the fruit of temperance, well, it means exactly that. You're going to have to let the Holy Ghost control your temper. Don't sit there and tell me you control your temper. You don't do right in God. None of us do without that Holy Ghost helping us and guiding us. And so we need that Holy Ghost to control our temper. And with that, if you allow the fruit of the Spirit, and you can't have no fruit of the Spirit if you ain't baptized with the Holy Ghost. I don't care what you say. Listen, there are a lot of sweet and kind people out there. A lot of people that walk with the Lord in a very kind and wonderful way. They have a, a faith in Jesus, but they've not followed all the way through with all of the gospel and what it has said that is available to us. Uh, and I take, for instance... You know, the, the well, some people call them the Dunkards. Some people call them German Baptists. Uh, there are those, and then there's, um, you know, other ones that uh, uh, are similar to them. Um, and, you know, they live a very simple life. And they have, I've met some of these folks, and they have such a sweet and kind demeanor about them. But these folks are not baptized with the Holy Ghost because they don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says, how shall they believe without a preacher? If the preacher is not going to preach that they can be baptized with the Holy Ghost, they're not going to receive the Holy Ghost at a church where they're preaching, not preaching that you can receive it. Because how shall they hear without a preacher? You've got to have a preacher that is willing to preach to you that you can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so I've encountered a lot of folks that uh, certainly by their faith and through their faith in Jesus that have not been baptized with the Holy Ghost, they come to a place where uh, by their faith and through their faith, they, they want the Lord to regulate them and, and they read the Word of God and they see what God says about showing love and kindness and bearing these fruit. And they do uh, some exceptional jobs at it. I tell you, there's some dunkers that have I, I have seen that have just done an exceptional job with this. I remember... 
uh, a few years back when we lived, well, quite a few years back before we moved to Texas, well before we moved to Texas, uh, there was a young group of people. There was a, a Bible college. It was a small one up there near where we lived in a small town up in Washington. Up in the, You have to go up the grade, up the hill. And uh, there was a, a Bible college up there. And there happened to be a young man that was sent to that Bible college by his family, and they were Dunkards. They had sent him there from another um, uh, state they lived in and sent him up there. And in the course of that, he was a very young man, but loved the Lord with all of his heart. He'd been taught by his Dunkard family to just really love the Lord. And he grew to uh, really love people and care about people. And they had went to a church service, and on their way back, uh, they did not know that they was going. They were going to encounter a man that certainly did not even have faith in Jesus Christ. And they had encountered him along the road because as they were driving back, actually from a Wednesday night Bible study, and uh, they made their way up there. Well, unfortunately, uh, they encountered a man that was really driving very erratically and very fast. And uh, he had just left where his girlfriend was down the grade, down the hill, and they had gotten into a huge fight, and he was so angry, and he was just furious, and uh, he was driving in a very erratic manner, and he encountered their car as they were driving uh, back to where they live. Um, and there were several students, young people, in this car, and the one on the far left side there uh, was this young man who had been raised by these dunkards. And this man that was driving erratically, he drove past him, and he was so angry that he even encountered them on the road. This was later told that as he drove past, he just took his gun, rolled down his window, and shot into the window, back window of that car. What it did is it shot that young man in the head and killed him. And, of course, the other children that were in the car, I call them children, but they were young teenagers, you know, splattered with blood, and they pulled off the road and called the police and, it was tragic. It was a very, very tragic situation. But I said all that to say this. This Dunkard family, the mother and the father, they were made uh, aware of what had happened to their son. And when the court hearing came, and the man was arrested, of course, and, uh, you know, there came a point in a time when the mother and father were able to come to this hearing. <coughs> and they drove all the way or flew, they made their way, <clears throat> and I think they drove a rental car part of the way. But they came from a long way, another state. And what was amazing is that in the court hearing, which made news, there were all these Dunkard people in that meeting, and these people did not know this Dunkard family. But the Dunkards that were there, they are like family, and that even though they didn't know this Dunkard family, they were part of what they called the Dunkard family or whatever, that uh, however they word it, the German Baptist family. So they wanted to be as a support to them. So that in and of itself was a great and a humbling thing to see. That You know, because so many of us as Christians, we get so backward with things and we don't even want to be together. We don't even want to support our family members that are hurting. And the Bible says when, when they hurt that we should hurt with them. And this is what they felt that they should do and they were there to support them. And so it was an amazing thing to see. But what was even more amazing, there came a point when the judge... He said, you know, he said, in all of 
the 20-something years that he had been a judge, he said, I've never seen such mercy and compassion come out of such people. And they really wanted to let the person know that had murdered their son that they forgave him and that they knew that their son would want them to forgive him because they knew their son's heart and how he was. And they said, and we truly do forgive you. And they said, we wanted you to have our son's Bible. If the court will allow you to take it, we would want you to have our son's Bible and we would hope that you would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you, it was a very humbling experience for me as an apostolic Pentecostal because I realized as a German Baptist, they did not believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it actually put so many other Christians to shame. You say, well, why is that? Because so many people that claim to be Christian, and I vouch for a lot of apostolic Pentecostals because that's what I am, that so many of them, they would not follow this way that these Dunkards or German Baptists carried themselves. They would not follow that way, but they said, this is the way of the Lord. And they truly had a heart to do that. But I want to say this, and I don't want to minimize at all their wonderful faith. It's a glorious and wonderful faith that I saw being played out right there in the newspaper. And uh, many, many people were touched by it. But the judge said, I've never seen such mercy and forgiveness. And he was crying. He literally was crying. <clears throat> because it touched him so much. But I believe that every Christian, and I'm going to go this far, every apostolic Christian, every person that is baptized with the Holy Ghost, maybe you're not apostolic, maybe you're Pentecostal, but you're not apostolic. You've been baptized with the Holy Ghost. Some of you that have been baptized with the Holy Ghost, you don't even ha act halfway of what those German Baptists act, and it's a shame. Because if you've got the Holy Ghost in you, you've got this Spirit that will guide you and will regulate you through the Spirit of God. And what a shame it is if we as Christians have, that have been baptized with the Holy Ghost don't act and go above and even beyond this, you see. And so I say that because God hates our feet running swiftly into mischief. And you say, well, this wouldn't have nothing to do with Christians. Oh, I beg to differ. I've seen Christians run very swiftly into evil things. I've seen it. And you say, well, they were not Christian. Well, I saw people that were very devout and very committed for many, many years serving the Lord. And certain things began to happen that tested them. And when the test was put to them and the pressure was put to them, they really have a, had a hard time with holding on to what it was that Jesus called them to do. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that um, they were maybe never a Christian in the first place. There's a lot of people that like to go down that road. But some of us, we can be put to the test and we fail it. And then the Lord has to, um, so to speak, reset us and allow us another time to be tested again. But the Lord is going to put us to the fire sometime. And sometimes that fire can get pretty hot. But it should not be such that people who are not even baptized with the Holy Ghost and can work through just the faith that they know 
of Jesus and knowing how Jesus would want them to live, that they can supersede those that have been baptized with the Holy Ghost in their actions and behavior, that is absolutely uh, uncalled for. And so what I'm saying is every single person that is baptized with the Holy Ghost, and especially apostolic people, we carry the belief and teaching of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, representing um, that truth that we hold so dear of people being baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost and, and living a holy life separated under God. Now, the Dunkers certainly live that. I can attest and say truly that I've seen Dunkers hold to a holiness standard that far exceed many apostolic people that claim to have outward and inward holiness, which the Bible clearly states and talks of. But when God says he hates our feet running swiftly into mischief, you can't say that these words don't apply to us because the Lord even talks about uh, those who cause division among the brethren. That uh, thing there, God hates that too. God, God don't want us uh, to cause a division between the brethren. Well, how would that be if you're not in the brethren, in the family? So yes, these words can apply to us as well. So if we allow our feet to run swiftly and quickly into mischievous things, evil things. You know, the Bible talks about this. It says to be slow to speak. How many of us baptized with the Holy Ghost? How many of us that are not even baptized with the Holy Ghost? Those that are not baptized with the Holy Ghost. Now, I've been baptized with the Holy Ghost since I was 16 years old. But I can tell you there were times that I wasn't walking with the Lord like I ought to. And I didn't stay full of the Holy Ghost. And things came out of my mouth that shouldn't have never. And I had to get myself back on track and get uh, allow the Lord to fill me back up with this spirit all the way to overflowing in order for God's uh, truth and holiness and righteousness to come out of my mouth, you see. And so when you've got the fruits of the Spirit that we look at in Galatians chapter 5 and verses uh, 22 and 23, we, we see that uh, one of those fruits that we looked at was, was the fruit of uh, joy and the fruit of temperance. We talked about temperance, but also uh, right after that, the next uh, podcast we had, we talked about the fruit of joy keeping us. The fruit of temperance is going to keep you from running into mischief, but so would the fruit of joy. Because if you are full of the joy of the Lord, the Bible says it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. In other words, uh, you, it, it is such a joy you can't even put words to it. And it's full of glory. So if you've got the glory of God so full inside of your soul, you're so full of the joy of the Lord, there's no way that there's room for you to run quickly and swiftly into mischief. You would be guided away. But as we look into more fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5 and verses 22 and 23, the other thing that can keep us from running our feet swiftly into mischief, which that word mischief can mean evil and wickedness and ungodliness and things that come out of our mouth, things that we may do that's unholy and not right. And, and that is... The fruit of long-suffering. Now I say that as a matter of the next thing to talk about for a moment is because you know a lot of people that claim to follow Jesus, they don't even know hiding their hair what long-suffering even means. But it means exactly, I told you, God's gospel is simplistic. It's a simple gospel. It means exactly what it says, to suffer long. Long-suffering means exactly that, to suffer long. 
And some of us, we don't allow ourselves to suffer long because we don't want to. And then we end up doing this very thing. We run uh, swiftly into mischief and evil and hurt and things that we do and say that we should not. And God hates it. And so God is wanting to move us towards being full of his spirit. And I say to you and I implore you that it would be the wise thing to do because when we stand before God, God's going to say, look, there were a people there that had faith in me that wasn't even full of the Holy Ghost. And yet you, I put my spirit in you and you didn't dare walk in long suffering like I asked you to do. And I put my spirit there to bear that fruit. And so it is that we must bear the fruit of long suffering and it means to suffer long how many of us we've come to the place where maybe we've dealt with something for a little while but it seems like a long time but really if we think about it in, in days or weeks it might seem like on a 24-hour day you know 60 minutes a day seven days a week might seem like long suffering but really when you put it up against everything that jesus put up with from all of us it doesn't even compare and so jesus gives us uh, through the spirit and i say jesus because the bible says he was the one that's going to baptize us with the holy ghost so jesus gives this this spirit and the bible says that spirit is the spirit of jesus it tells you that in galatians chapter 4 and verse 6 he, God sends the spirit of his son into our hearts crying out of a father. That, that spirit is the spirit of his son. And, and that Holy Ghost that Jesus baptized us, he's going to come and baptize us with his spirit. He comes to do that to give us the ability to bear these fruit that come from him. But we've got to pray to him and implore him and speak to him and talk to him. You see, the Bible says in Jude, in the book of Jude, it's only one chapter. It says, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Building up your most holy faith. It's a holy faith. So those things that are born from the fruit of the Spirit is a holy thing. Long-suffering is a holy thing. Now, I'm not talking about you just going out and just suffer to suffer. I'm going to go get a hammer and smash my finger and I'm going to suffer. No, we don't do that foolish nonsense. There are people that do that in the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell you what, uh, it's, it's a wicked, evil thing. The devil's gotten a hold of their heart. There's nothing holy about that, bringing snakes up in the church or, or drinking poison or none of that kind of stupid nonsense. And it's stupid nonsense. It comes from the enemy. You're tempting God. God said, you don't tempt the Lord. And the Lord told the devil himself. He said, you don't tempt God. When he said, told Jesus, won't you just jump off this, this right here, this pinnacle here, just jump off. The angels will bear you up. And the Lord said, you're not supposed to be tempting God. That's what the Bible says. You see. But you know, we've got to understand that Jesus is going to give us that spirit to bear those fruit. And one of those fruits is a long-suffering fruit. Now, certainly I said uh, not long ago when I was teaching, and I said, you know, it is true I've taught for so long, and I said, you know, other people are going to bear those fruit, or they're going to eat of the fruit from your tree. And that's true because we take fruit off of a tree to eat it, and the tree don't seem to eat the fruit. But the, but the fruit is benefiting from the root of it, which bear the fruit, you see. And so, therefore, the fruit itself, or the tree itself, 
It benefits from the fruit that it's going to bear because it's within the roots of that tree to bear those fruit. It is a part of the very integral weaving, the very genetic part of that tree to bring forth that fruit, but it's in the blood of that tree. Y'all know what I mean? You say, tree ain't got no blood. Well, sure it does. Don't you know the sap? Huh? Have you ever have you ever cut a tree? I've done this, whatever. And the sap comes out, it pours out. It's trying to heal the tree. I've seen that happen. And you know, your, your, your blood, you cut yourself, and the blood tries to coagulate there to try to stop. Now, sometimes you, you might cut yourself so bad that the blood can't clot and stop itself. But, you know, but if you've cut yourself in a little way, and sometimes you see the blood just kind of coagulates it, kind of dries there and, and helps to stop any more leakage of blood. But that tree, it, it literally has that thing in it to bear that fruit. You're not going to have a, a, a peach tree uh, to be a, a tree that turns into a pine tree. That's not going to happen. What a peach tree has within it is the ability to bear the peaches. So it's got that inside of it. And that is what benefits us. Because we've got the Spirit of God inside of us. Literally pressing and moving forward to bring forth that fruit. I had a peach tree in the backyard of one of my homes. And, and I, you know, every year it, it began to grow these tiny little you know, first it would have the, the blooms, and then the blooms would fall off, and then, then these little bitty things would pop up, and the next thing you know, it's growing. Oh, look at the little peach, little green. And the next thing you know, oh, they're getting a little bigger and a little bigger and a little bigger and bigger and bigger. And then pretty soon, it's getting close to ripening, and they begin to change colors and all that. And then before you know it, they're getting the sugar added into them, and it's just a process. But that tree had it in them to bear that fruit. And if you are baptized with the Holy Ghost, you have that within you to bear the fruit of long-suffering. It's in like the DNA of that tree because it's been infused into you by the Spirit of God. You have that put into your own DNA to bear the fruit of long-suffering. And that long-suffering, you know, the reason I, I say this is a, a fruit that we need to look at as far as running swiftly into mischief is because a lot of people, they are not willing to be long-suffering and they just lose their mind. And then they end up running swiftly into something evil and wicked. I've, I've heard of it and I've seen it. I've, I've heard of it and I've actually seen and experienced those things. You know, I've, I've had people uh, not, not be long-suffering with me. I remember some instances when uh, people were not long-suffering with me. I remember one time my mama, she, uh, well, she was long-suffering to a point, but then she finally had enough, and uh, she she laid into me because yeah, I didn't want to do those dishes, and she told me, I was a teenager, she told me, well, I want those dishes done before I get home, and I told her I, I didn't want to do those dishes, and she just kind of, you know, didn't say much or nothing, but she's getting herself ready, and she grabbed her purse, and, and she said, when I get home, I want you to have those dishes done. And she said, I'm going to be gone X amount or whatever. And I had already told her, I said, I don't want to do the dishes. 
And uh, she said it again to me, you know, a second time. She said, when I get home, I want those dishes done. And then she walked out the front door, she shut the door, and she went down the steps. And she got to the bottom of the steps, and I waited. I looked out there, and I saw she was at the bottom of the stairs. And I opened the door, and I said, I'm not doing those dishes. And I'm going to tell you what, I never saw that side of my mama before. Never. <laughs> I never saw it before, and I never saw it again. But my mother, she just she said it twice, and she was done with it. And she threw her purse down and she stomped up those stairs. And you know, this was back in the 70s when I thought it was wise to have long hair. And my mother grabbed that long hair. <laughs> Listen, I know a lot of people are going to say, what are you laughing about? That shouldn't be funny. Well, you had to have been there. But my mother grabbed my hair and she looked at me and she said, you're going to do those dishes. And it hurt. You know, because she grabbed both sides, but I was determined I wasn't going to cut my hair. She wanted me to cut my hair, but I wouldn't, and that came a day when I wished I would have cut my hair. But she said, you're going to do those dishes, and they're going to be done when I get home. I'm going to tell you what, I had those dishes done when she got home. Yes, sir. Now, I ain't talking about abuse. I'm not talking about some people that are going to say, well, that was abusive. Listen, my mother never laid hands on me, ever. She, because my dad died when I was very young and he died when I was four years old almost five he died three weeks before my fifth birthday and um, you know I always wondered where my father was why he wasn't at my fifth birthday but people didn't talk about death back then and it took me three years to understand my father had died but uh, but in any event uh, my mother never touched me before she never touched me again and uh, she was apologetic about it but but uh, I understood that when my mother, if she gave me a word about something she wanted to do after that, well, I figured I better do it. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and sometimes I didn't didn't want to, but when I saw her give me that look, I, I decided I think I better listen. But you know, uh, I don't think that she let long suffering be there that day because she only told me twice. So I don't know that long suffering was there, but I will say this: my mother, uh, you know, she wasn't. She, she had been baptized with the Holy Ghost many, many years before. She had got baptized when she was thirteen, and uh, by the time that she was seventeen, uh, well, almost eighteen. Uh, well, when she was eighteen, she married my father, and he took her off to the Baptist church, and they taught over there that the Holy Ghost was not for us today. So she just started listening to what they said even though she knew she had been baptized with the Holy Ghost. And so she got away from the truth, and she, uh, you know, over time, uh, but, but, but over the years, my mother finally, in the last 10 years of her life, she told me one day, she said, I want to go back to them old-time ways I used to live. I, I won't get back to the right way of living. And, and she did, and she got herself right with the Lord and learned how to be, uh, took her a while to learn how to be long-suffering and patient because my mother had some emotional problems that she dealt with. But... Uh, but, you know, this long-suffering thing, patience of long-suffering, that comes from the fruit of the Spirit, I, I, I tell you, I look at some situations and things that I've been reading lately of some people that they claim to be Christian, and they literally annihilated their whole family. It, just, it was just a sad thing. And they claim to be Christian. 
and just annihilated all and killed their wife and whole, whole kids. Or mother killing her whole kids and claiming to be a Christian. I mean, it's just a really sad, sad thing that happened. But it is so vitally important that we be baptized with the Holy Ghost and allow the fruits of the Spirit to be born off of our tree. And we really, really need these fruit because the fruit of long suffering is going to allow us to suffer long without having to turn into a hand of retribution towards someone. And you say, well, I, I, I don't know that the Lord would want me to suffer forever. Well, really, I mean, let's be real. You're not going to suffer forever because everybody's going to die someday. But we may feel like we're suffering forever if it goes on for a while, but it is something that God um, gives us through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But here's the thing. To, to really bear with it as we should and to bear those fruit as we should, it's really going to take the Holy Ghost to help get us through. To not lean on the Holy Ghost power. To, to, to say to yourself, well, I just don't believe in baptism of the Holy Ghost and I, I just don't believe that people speak in tongues anymore and all that. When you lean in that direction, listen, the devil is lying to you. He don't want you to believe that you could be baptized with the Holy Ghost today. But I'm telling you, you, I know that you can because I've been baptized with the Holy Ghost. Many people in my family have, uh, many people that I've known. And there are millions of people that have been baptized with the Holy Ghost. They can attest to that very fact. And with that Holy Ghost comes the bearing of the fruit. And when you bear it through the Holy Ghost, there is a different thing that happens other than just maybe trying to walk by faith with the Lord. Certainly, now, I, I guess I should rephrase that because all of this is walking by faith. You, but what I'm saying is those who are not baptized with the Holy Ghost, they are simply trying to function squarely off their, their faith with no power. But Jesus told the disciples in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 that you shall receive power. You, by faith, receive that Holy Ghost, but God is going to give you the power that you need. And that comes certainly by our faith. But, uh, you know, by faith, chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews, it tells us all the different things that certain people were able to do through their faith and by their faith. But uh, when the day and age came for God to baptize people with the Holy Ghost, God has given us uh, uh, something extra. <laughs> Hallelujah! God has given us something extra, and that is that He's going to endue us with the power of His Spirit inside of our soul to be able to move into this place of bearing the fruit through ourselves with, with uh, more than just uh, 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 a working through faith. You've got to have faith. There's no way you can do anything without... You can't please God without faith, and you can't do anything without faith. But God is going to give you some extra, and that extra is power of the Holy Ghost because of your faith, you see. And, and so you, you get this uh, extra benefit that comes through your faith and by your faith, of course, because nothing can be done without faith in Jesus Christ. But uh, that extra power and oomph that God gives you is going to give you the power literally to bear that fruit through the power of the Holy Ghost and being baptized thereof. And that 
fruit of long-suffering would certainly work to keep us from our feet running quickly into mischievous things. It certainly would. It certainly would. Because if you've got long-suffering, you know there's some people that just grate on your last nerve. Can I get an amen? Hmm? Amen? Can I, can I get an amen from the choir? Hallelujah. It's the truth. Some people... And you, you say, well, you're saying that. You say you're full of the Holy Ghost and all that. Well, I am, but still people can get on my last nerve. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I'll tell you what. They may get on my last nerve, but the Holy Ghost, that long-suffering fruit of the Spirit, allows me to keep on going even after they've gotten on my last nerve. Amen. You say, well, you sound like you've been around in life for a while. Well, I have. And I tell you what, I've met a few people. Don't tell me you ain't met nobody, nobody ever in your life that don't get on your last nerve. I don't believe you for a second. Oh, I love everybody. I just, you know, I just, uh, <laughs> I, I tell you what, when somebody tells me something like that and they ain't never got upset with nobody, and they I, I'm just going to look at you and say, you know, you need to go repent because you're not telling the truth. You gotta go repent because the Bible says all liars are gonna go to hell. Well, it says actually what it says is gonna have you part in the lake of fire. But the thing of it is, you gotta go to hell to be thrown into the lake of fire because the Bible says hell's gonna be thrown in the lake of fire. So you gotta get to hell first. So you're gonna go there. You're gonna go to hell if you're a liar. So you need to search out. You might think that you ain't ain't never somebody ain't never got on your nerves, but uh, but that can't be true. Because why would the Lord tell us to be angry and sin not? Well, you just angry because the wind blows? I mean, I guess it could be some folks like that. But, you know, um, there's people that can get on your last nerves. So what happens when you're on the last ones? What are you going to do then? Well, you've got to have the Holy Ghost. You've got to have the Holy Ghost to help you get on through and to bear the fruit it's going to help you to have long suffering so that when they have gotten on your last nerve, that Holy Ghost power, as you stay full of the Holy Ghost, praying for the Lord to build up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, uh, you can be able to bear the fruit of long suffering and just kind of <sighs> take a breath, breathe in, and let God do the work. Amen. Because uh, without Him, we can't do nothing. The Bible says without Jesus, you can't do a thing. I mean, you can't even bear these fruit. Without Jesus. And you got to have faith in Jesus or you ain't got nothing anyhow. And and to have faith in Jesus, you're going to make sure you repent. And if you don't repent, you're going to go to hell anyhow. You know, it's all interconnected. It's all connected. you got to repent. Be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the promise is for everybody. Read Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39. And that's the plan of salvation in the nutshell. In a nutshell, easy to understand. Salvation don't have to be difficult, folks. It really don't. But then people start twisting and turning the word of God. And when they told them, uh, when they answered them, and their question was, "What do we need to do to be saved?" And they told them, "Be baptized in Jesus' name." But you got to repent. Repent first and be baptized in Jesus' name, and God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Now, some people, they repented and they were filled with the Holy Ghost before they were baptized in Jesus' name. You found that uh, also in the book of Acts. But these people were uh, instructed to be baptized in Jesus' name. 
uh, you know, and and people that ain't never been filled with the Holy Ghost, they were instructed to be baptized in Jesus' name. So uh, now, so it is that this fruit that comes from God's Spirit, it can bear the fruit of long suffering that we may uh, suffer long when we need to. Suffer long when we need to so that we don't allow our feet to run, run swiftly into mischief. Because that, you know, long suffering can help in its own way and in its own right. Okay, because maybe people's feet run into mischief for other reasons. Maybe not because they're having to be long-suffering with somebody. That's what I'm trying to say. So some other people, they may need joy, the fruit of joy, to keep them from running, you know, as we talked about that. Or, or they may need the fruit of temperance because uh, they don't have a good uh, control over their temper and that kind of thing. They need, you need the Holy Ghost. Even if you have a good uh, mind to be temperate and all that kind of thing, you need the Holy Ghost to do it. Because that way it can be brought about in a holy manner, you see. And so you can be angry and sin not, but you can't do that without the Spirit of God. I mean, you, you can say that you did, but you really can't. Not in, not in the Lord, you can't. If you, you're going to follow Jesus, you got to follow Him all the way. Be in Him and Him in you. That's what the Lord's talking about. So we've got to bear the fruit of long-suffering. Uh, some of... Uh, some people in order to keep them from running swiftly into mischief because they may run swiftly into mischief because they want to just tear into somebody because they've had enough. You know, and maybe your enough is just not long-suffering enough. And you say, well, you just don't know what I've went through. Well, I don't, but Jesus does. And he's saying we've got to have the fruit of long-suffering. And I'm going to tell you, you know, we've had a lot of children. Um, we raised... Uh, a good nine children <laughs> and uh, I say a good nine but uh, well I'm, I'm going to leave that at that but uh, anyway but the, the thing of it is and, and, and well some people are probably going to wonder what I mean by that but um, it was just a good bunch for the Lord to give to us to do but it certainly taught us to bear the fruit. Because in order to bear the fruit, the tree has to go through some things. Because sometimes the leaves have to be trimmed in order for it to grow properly and to bear fruit properly. I, I remember that peach tree. I had to do some trimming and, and all in order for it to bear fruit properly because it wasn't, the fruit was like growing really small. It wouldn't, it wouldn't ripen like it was. And I had to trim the tree. Well, trimming the tree, of course, you can tell that it affects the tree because the sap comes and it's trying to heal those places uh, that you cut. But but all in all, when it comes back in the spring, there's this growth and this astounding um, change in the pattern of what's going on with the fruit that it bears. And so, but I'll tell you, it doesn't feel good while it's happening. And I, I, I'm going to be real clear with you. You know, the Bible says it's a blessing those that have their quiver full of of you know, children and all. That's what it's talking about. But you get your quiver full of children. Uh, I thank God for the children that He blesses with. But uh, you, you, you better know you're probably going to be the Lord's going to use it to test you and to grow that fruit, because it, it's got to grow off of your tree. And God's going to use sometimes your children to test you to get you where you need to be spiritually. Sometimes. And that's where that long suffering comes in because 
Your children can put you to the test. And I'm going to tell you right now, I love my children, but some of them have really put me to the test. And still, even as adults, some of them have put me to the test sometimes. And uh, that don't mean we don't love our children. And that doesn't mean that, uh, that, that you can't bear the fruit. It just means you've got to really let go and let God. You've got to let go and let God. And let that Holy Ghost bear fruit in you uh, with whatever means the Lord puts to you. Now, it may not be that you've got a big house full of kids. I mean, it may be some other relative. It may be people you work with at your job. It could be, a, you know, just an array of different things. It could be the pressure of life itself and different things. It could be a medical issue. A lot of things that can test us and press us to a great point. And that's where long-suffering also can come in. Because some people suffer along with other things. Some people suffer along with medical issues. Um, some people suffer along with other types of things, emotional struggles and battles and just all kinds of things that we can deal with and we suffer long. But we need to lean on the Lord and let that fruit be born in our lives because it will do you good. It will benefit you to have that fruit. It really will. And so with all that said, uh, we're heading up to 45 minutes, and I want to cut, the, cut it off now. So with that said, I want to tell you all that I love you. And uh, again, I apologize that we weren't here for a bit of time. Uh, but like I said, that may happen from time to time, just depending on. But we had things coming at us uh, physically and, and just some other things going on. It was just it was like one thing and another. And y'all know what I mean when I say it rains or pours, uh, you know. Uh, so th sometimes that, that kind of happens. Um, but in any event, there are some other blessed things that were able to uh, come along and strengthen us too that we were grateful to the Lord uh, to allow to happen. But um, in any event, I'm so grateful to be here with you again. And I, I, I want to do my best to be here uh, each time that I can. I'm going to move ahead again to uh, Tuesdays and Fridays uh, as, as uh, we were trying to do and making it happen. And so you pray for this ministry that God will just uh, help us to just continue to walk with him and to give us as well that fruit of long suffering and temperance and, and uh, all those things that you need, the patience and, and, uh, and all the fruits that we need to be born, joy and meekness and peace, all of that. And so with that said, I love y'all, and I'm uh, praying for my listeners that God will just bless your life and keep his hand upon you and strengthen you and uplift you. And, and may the Lord just keep his hand on you. Because I'll tell you what, we've got a rough, tough world we're dealing with right now. We're dealing with so much going on, and I really would instruct you and try to encourage you to pray for Israel. Now, I'm not saying that we don't pray for the children and women that are suffering, the Palestinians uh, that are suffering. We want to pray that God will help them through. But uh, we really want to stand with Israel and pray for God to be able to uh, be able to protect themselves and their land. And I know a lot of people, they don't like what I'm saying. I, I understand that. But uh, we've got to go the Bible way. I believe in the Bible way. I believe in all of what God's Word uh, says. Now, some people, they'll say, well, no, you don't because of one thing or another. 
look, I believe in praying for enemy. I pr- I've prayed for the Palestinian children and mothers and different ones uh, as long as, uh, I mean, I know the Lord sees all things in their own hearts. And I've said, Lord, those that uh, you choose uh, to remove them uh, off of this earth, let the Holy Ghost do the choosing. Let the Holy Ghost do the dividing. And then those that you aim to live, that they may have all, uh, every bit of mercy of God to extend to them uh, every ounce of opportunity to meet Jesus Christ and to be able to uh, have that opportunity to be saved. So with that said, I love you all again. Love you with the love of the Lord. May the Lord keep you. And I do want to encourage you also to listen to our uh, YouTube ministry called the Eunuch Ministry. That's spelled E-U-N-U-C-H, the Eunuch Ministry. And you can Google that. There are three separate words. Each letter on each of those words is capitalized, the Eunuch Preacher. And you can Google that up and find that on YouTube And uh, every Saturday and every Wednesday. We have Wednesday night Bible study and every Saturday is our worship service. Uh, we are revamping some things, whatever, and we're going to uh, probably be just going into the message uh, as uh, at this point on the Sabbath services, and then of course the Bible lessons on Wednesdays. And uh, so, uh, but with that said, God bless you. May the Lord keep you in His care, and may you have a blessed weekend. God bless. I'm out.